Good morning, church. It's great to be here this morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Salman, and um, I have this privilege today to um, share the word of God with you. Um, so we are in the Easter season, and um, as, as Duncan said, we just people are really excited about all those cute chocolate bunnies and um, chocolate eggs and um, um, the holiday season and everything, um, which is all fun. And uh, I personally am up for all of that. But um, as we know that it is the pivotal moment in human history as well, and that's, that's the most important thing for us as um, Christians, um, when the Old Testament basically fulfills in Jesus. Um, this morning I will be um, talking about the Lord's Supper, and um, we will be reading from Luke chapter 22, um, from verse 7 to 30, and I'll be reading from ESV version. All right, let's read it together, shall we? Um, all right, it's on the screen, that's great. Right. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, the teacher says to you, Where is the guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he, sh he will show you a large upper room furnished, prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he had told them, and they pe prepared the Passover. And then the hour came, when the hour came, he reclined at the table, at table, and the um, apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, "This is, um, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new, is, is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on this table. For the Son of Man goes, as he has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another which of them it could be who was going to, be to, to do this. A dispute arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater, one who reclines at the table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. 
You are those who have stayed with me in my trials, and I assign to you, as my Father assigned to me, a kingdom, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Right. Now let me ask you a question. Does anyone like board games here? Oh, there are quite a lot. That's good. Good to know. <laughs> so my wife and I, we love playing board games. And um, in fact, this is a secret, but we've decided to have four children. <laughs> because some games are better with six. Uh, and I will, we love to have extra people, so it's good to have people around. We like complicated games. Um, we, like to, um, we, like, we like games with lots of components and rules and um, we usually um, just plan in advance, we gather lots of resources, we gather all sort of coins and then um, we think about different strategies because we are really competitive, we really want to win the game. She always wins though, but, but, I, I just, but uh, we, just, we just try and try and try. And in some games, sometimes we have to draw this event card. So we, we draw this event card, and sometimes on this event card it says that you will lose everything you have. It happens. Sometimes it says, all right, this is a blessing card, and do you, it helps you to win. And um, it's, it's quite like our life, isn't it? We just plan and plan and plan, and we um, gather things and... At some point, out of the blue, an event happens, and um, it will affect us in some point, and it might, we might lose everything, um, or it might be a blessing. We never know. It's just a surprise, and um, it is inevitable in life. We can't do anything about it, can we? Um, um, however, there is one event, or the event, that God has planned for us, which is not random at all. He, offer, he offers this event card for free to us. And in, in it, basically, he's willing to sacrifice himself to share his victory with us. And by having this card, we are always victorious in him. Over sin, over death, over the ruler of this world. God had, had this plan, God has planned this um, event card for us for a really long time. And now it is about to happen in this passage that we, are, that we already read. Now let me um, illustrate this, the scene for you, this table, and also the preparation. So it is Passover feast, you might know uh, the story of um, Passover from Exodus 12, but I just mention it quickly. Um, uh, so, um, Israelites were slaves in Egypt, and the night before they were set free, God has this specific plan for them. He says that you have to, um, I, I will pass judgment on the land of Egypt, and you need to find a lamb without any blemish. Kill it and take some blood and put it on your doorpost. And... As I, and that, that, that will be a sign for, for you. And as I pass through the land, 
um, I will see the, the blood and you will be not be judged or there will be no plague on you, basically. In other words, they were set free from slavery through the blood of the lamb. And then God asked them to keep this um, day as a feast, basically. Um, and it lies, this, this, um, the sacrifice of this lamb and uh, the blood of the lamb is basically at the heart of the Jewish Passover meal. Does it, doesn't it ring a bell for you? Just um, God's judgment, um, a lamb without blemish, um, the blood shall be a sign. We know that since, since the beginning, God has this um, knew that we will bring sin and um, curse in this, to this world. Um, but because of his immense love and grace, he planned for our redemption. Um, next slide, please. So uh, Jesus asked Peter and John to prepare a Passover um, meal for them. And give them this very, really, really stra strange um, instruction. He, te he tells them to follow a man carrying a jar of water. I can imagine how surprised Peter and John were when they hear that. Because in that, probably they said, what, a man carrying a jar of water? In that con culture context, basically, it has to be a woman carrying a jar of water, right? So it's just at the time, that was so weird. But having spent three years with Jesus, they have seen all sort of weird and unusual things, haven't they? Like all sort of uh, miracles has happened around in those three years. And so they said, they just say, all right, uh, we will do it. Um, they just obeyed what, they, what Jesus said. And no surprise, they exactly find as he said. Um, now everything is prepared. So they sat at the table or... More accurately, they, they reclined at the table. And here is the picture of um, the Last Supper with Leonardo da Vinci, which is probably the least accurate representation of that night. <laughs> but we love this picture. It's, it's nice. It's just everyone likes it. And it does the job, anyway. So, so at, at the supper, um, Jesus, one more time, um, tells the disciples that he will suffer and shows his love to them. And um, he says that um, his body will be torn and his blood will be shed. His body will be torn for us to give us life or for them to give them life. Um, and his blood will be shed to initiate a new covenant in his blood. A covenant that is much better than the one that they received, um, the ancestors received um, at Mount Sinai. He gives them the cup and um, he says thanks and give, this, um, give them the cup and says, divide this among yourself. I just want to, um, to give it a moment and think here. So everyone has access to that cup, right? Um, we just have to choose to take it. And Jesus says that divide it among yourself and not keep it for yourself. So we are basically uh, um, asked to divide that cup among ourselves. He also um, explains to disciples that the bread and wine, which is, um, lies at the heart of this Passover meal, speaks something that is about to be fulfilled um, in the coming of the kingdom of God. And this promise of this new covenant is for everyone. 
this is the glorious promise, um, the glorious promises of scripture are about to be fulfilled. Um, and Jesus just asked us to do this um, in remembrance of him. That's why we take communion, because we just want to remember that Jesus sacrificed himself for us. And his blood was shed to initiate this new covenant. And we are sharing this with him in his blood. And that's why we take communion. And finally, he says that the Son of Man goes as it has been planned. But woe to that man who is about to betray him. Just want to tell you something funny. When I was practicing this, I kept saying, wow to that man. And then, <laughs> wow, Judas. No, no, that, that's not right. It's woe. All right. <laughs> um, so if, if, you, if you hear something weird, sorry, it's my English. I'm sorry. I, I, mean, I mean well. <laughs> um, right, we might ask every, um, if every, everything was planned, does that mean that um, whatever, we, whatever our choices are, are just doesn't matter, or it doesn't, doesn't mean anything if we choose anything? Or, um, but the Bible teaches us that, um, that God plans as well as our free, free will. That's very important, actually, because Jesus says, um, um, that wow to that man. Judas had um, could have chosen to not to partnership with um, Satan and partnership with God. And if we refuse to um, partner with God, we open that um, kind of like unknown um, territory of partnershiping with um, evil. Now um, I want to draw your attention again to the table. So here is Judah, and that's the money bag in his hand. Um, Satan has already entered into him. He's probably just fed up with Jesus. Um, he was expecting a victorious king who was to come and um, free them from the yoke of um, Roman Empire. And now he's totally disappointed because um, Jesus just um, just repeatedly saying that um, I'm going to die and suffer. He totally ignored that other part of the scripture about the second king who is, um, who is also a suffering servant, uh, he, who is also the suffering servant, who is going to take punishment for us and his blood will set us free. I would like to read from Isaiah 53 because it's mentioned in Isaiah 53 and I've chosen to um, read from a message version if you don't mind. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, though he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pain he carried, our disfigurement, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failure. But it was our sins that did that to, me, to him, that reaped and tore and crushed him, our sins. We took the punishment and that made us whole. He took the punishment, and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We are, we are all like sheep who have wandered off and gotten lost. We have all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled our, sin, our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him, 
on him. Well, the rest are not any better. Just imagine, Jesus is deeply troubled in his spirit. He knows exactly what he's going through. And he's talking about his body to be torn and his blood to be shed. And yet they're totally unaware of the situation. Just chatting um, with another and, and just, just seeing Jesus as a political uh, liberator. Their dream of status, their dream of honor, their dream of power. Even Peter, who is, who is one of the church leaders, who is one of the leaders, and um, who is the um, Jesus's um, three in, um, inner circle disciple, is about to deny him just three times in a few hours. Just going to ask you a question: Are you sometimes tempted to compare yourself with other people? Is encouraging to see that Jesus's disciples struggled with the same thing that we do. Jesus teaches us that puffing ourselves up will always pull us down. Whereas bowing down in humanity, uh, humility always leads us upwards. And he also um, mentions that um, the value of the kingdoms are the polar opposite of this world. And he says that I am among you as, um, as who, who, as as, uh, as as the one who serves. But disciples, they demonstrate how little they understand. Very soon, they need to follow his footsteps in the death and resurrection road, after the the day of the, um, the day of Pentecost. And finally, Jesus spoke um, these profound words of promise to his disciples. I'm just going to read it again for you. He says that you are those who have stayed with me in my trials. And I assign to you, as my father assigned to me, a kingdom that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. These words are still true today to every believer in Jesus Christ. What a promise we have in our Lord and Savior. Now, I don't want to let you down. I know how much you like blood points. So here you go. So God has planned for you, me and humanity. We have the new covenant in Jesus' blood. We have eternal hope in Christ and kingdom promise. Now, as I, now as, as I close, I just want to encourage you. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, you are here for a reason. And God is handing out this event card and says, here that's, that a card that's going to set you free, that you will be victorious. And um, my son and daughter, come to me, take that card, and I will be with you. This is a promise that we have, that his spirit will be within us, and he will be with us. And we will be the winners, basically, with this card. So I encourage you, after... Um, my brother Bruno um, um, finishes his sermon. Um, there's a time for response, and please come, come forward, and we will pray for you. And now, um, as I explained, this, uh, the whole passage is about communion, and um, 
we're going to take communion. And I'm just going to hand over to Duncan, and he will lead us with communion. Thank you. Brilliant. Well done, Sam. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Bruno. Bruno. So, after the Lost Supper, we have the, the crucifixion. That's right. Crucifixion. So, after the Lord's Supper, what happened? Jesus was arrested and sentenced to death. Jesus was crucified 2,000 years ago. And during the Roman time, crucifixion was the most cruelty punishment executed by the Romans. You know that? And now I'm going to read for you in Luke chapter 23, verse 32 to 49. If you have your Bible, you can open it because it's not on the, it's too easy. So it's better you read in the Bible or your phone. Okay, so let's see Luke chapter 23, verse 32 to 49. Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, 32. <laughs> two, other, two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they caused lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He has saved others, let him save himself. He is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldier who mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? since you are under the same, con same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the six hours, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hours. While the sunlight fell, and the curtain of the temple was thrown in two, in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. And having this, he breathed his last 
Now, when the centurion saw, the, saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that, that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw that what had taken place, returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintance and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching, watching these things. Do you know that the suffering and death of Jesus was outlined in the word of Isaiah, which my brother, someone just read before. 700 years before the birth of Jesus. It's a long period, but he prophesies this. What the crucifixion tell us today? Can, can someone tell me? He tell us about forgiveness. What Jesus said when he was on the cross in verse 34. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know, they know not what they do. Forgiveness. The crucifixion of Jesus is all about forgiveness. <coughs> Have you ever doubt of the love and forgiveness of, of God? If it happened, just lift up your eyes and look at the cross and think of Jesus who was nailed, was nailed on the cross and was suffering. But he, he was able to say, forgive. He was mocked. They spit at him. He was suffering. But he still said, forgive. He could come off the cross whenever he want. He could have said, Father, send me an army of angels. Get, get me out of the cross. But no, he don't. Why? Why he didn't ask that? He chose to die. Why? <coughs> Who knows? Abby? Because he loves us. His love for us is greater than everything. That's why he chose to die for us. He dies for you, for me. He don't want, he don't want to, to come down. Because this, is, this has been planned. Someone said before. He has been planned to die. This is the plan of God. Her blood must be shed to wash away our sin and for forgiveness. In Mark 11, verse 25, it said, 
And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. This word is powerful. Forgive. Forgive. For, forgive any, anyone who has harmed you. Forgive. There's another thing that the crucifixion tells us today. We have forgiveness, but we have also forgiveness of sin. Forgive our neighbors, forgive our father, but there's also the forgiveness, forgiveness of sin. Jesus was separated from God for our sin and its, and its consequence. He took, away, he took our sin on his shoulders to set us free. We, we sing this earlier, set us free. Set us free. But it doesn't mean that we believers are now already sinless. We shall look to the cross and not to ourselves. For a cleansed conscience, full forgiveness of sin, and total fullness in the future. In Romans 3, chapter, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'll tell you a story. Have you, I think, most of you have watched Star Wars. Eh? Yeah? Yeah. Star Wars, no? no. Oh, someone. <laughs> He's watched it many times. <laughs> Do you know in... Star Wars is a huge space station. Yes? Yes or no? Yes. yes. And this huge space station is called the Death, Death Star. Star. Yes! <laughs> See? The Death Star. And it's also known as a tractor beam. Beam. Tractor beam. Because what he did, he dragged all the enemy ship to destroy them. And this tractor beam was in my life. I was dragging to sin without accepting Jesus as my savior. At a certain point of my life, there was this tractor beam who was dragging me to sin. I'm not proud, but I'm happy because Jesus saved me. But this structure being is still and is present in our life, in everyone's life. Maybe you don't feel it. Maybe uh, you don't see it, but it's here. This structure being is here. He's waiting for you so that you can, as soon as you, you come near to him, it's 
So to be careful of it, what we need to do to free from this, we need to run to the cross, confess our sin, tell the truth, and do not hide your sin. Last week, Andy said, put your shoes and run. Yes, run. Run to the cross and confess your sin. Don't hide anything. Confess whatever sin you have done. And you will be forgiven. When Jesus was crucified, there was those two criminals. One on his left and one on his right. One of them mocked Jesus by telling him, Are you not the, the Christ? Save ourselves and us. But what did the other do? The other one do? Yeah. The most important he confessed his sin. He said, He said, He confessed his sin and accept that he is a sinner. Because when you read in Luke, he said, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. So he knows his sin. He knows he had done something wrong. And what Jesus said to him, truly, sorry, um, yeah, truly, true, truly, I said to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Which one do you want to be? The one who mock or the one who confesses sin? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Abby, yes. And why? Forgiveness. For forgiveness and for eternal life. I think we all want eternal life. And what we need to do is confess our sin without, and he said, oh, I think I'm not going to say this today. I say tomorrow. No, say today, now. Whatever sin you have done, say it now. Don't say it now, tomorrow. No. In 1 John 9, 10. In 1, in 1 John 1, verse 9 to 10, he said, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So, the only thing you need to do is to confess your sin. Oh, sorry. This is my bookmark. <laughs> Just before Jesus commit his spirit to God. There was darkness all over the land. 
for three hours. And these three hours was not an eclipse. It was not an eclipse. It was a darkness over the whole land because the light of the world has been crucified and died. The light of the world is not in the world anymore. It's gone. So it's dark. So, what we need to do is to pray so that the light of the world come back again. To confess our sin, to forgive our friend, neighbors, colleague, mother, father, I don't know. But forgive. Forgiveness is very important. The centurion who was here at this time, surely he, he saw a lot of, of crucifixion. But this one was different. He was shocked because he heard Jesus' prayer to the God and give up his life. This has never happened. This has never happened. So he was shocked. And the, 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 the people who was here, they, they went home beating their breasts. Beating their breasts is a, is a kind of repentance. Because they, they said, oh, Yes, this man was innocent. We kill an innocent man. We kill a perfect lamb. So you can see that everything today, every worship song I've been singing, what someone said, there's always forgiveness. Set us free. If you, you have some time and think of the crucifixion of Jesus, you will be happy. And the message of the cross today is that we still have time to forgive, to confess our sin, and to accept Jesus our, our Savior. That's the very things that we need to do. I'm, I'm going to finish now, and before, I have a question for you, because we are entering the Holy Spirit week, and I would like you to um, think of it. Maybe Duncan will uh, tell more about it. And the question is, do I, live, do I live in the light of the freedom and forgiveness Jesus won for me? I think during this week of Holy Spirit, you can think about it. The freedom and forgiveness Jesus won for me. Because this is a great victory. Thank you.